Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree. <laughs> what are you singing about now? We got our Facebook Live thing. Oh, yeah. coming up. That's right, Facebook Live. So if you if you were trying to find a way for Not Your Pastor's Podcast to get better, the only way it could possibly get better is if it was live. Yep. And so that's what we're going to do December 18th, 8 p.m. on Facebook. Be there or be squared because it's going to be, as the owl will say, it's going to be a hoot. Ooh. <laughs> Dad <probably> like, jokes. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably figure out how to do all that. Uh, it's it's simple. You just you hit, you hit the go live button and you just talk into the magical little box. That's yeah, it. All right. <laughs> it's pretty simple. We'll get I'll get a fire going. We'll sit by the Christmas tree. It's going to be great. It's going to be special. So for this episode, it's going to be a little bit special. Jason and I are going to be talking all things Christmas, what our families do. We're going to maybe talk a little bit about, I don't know, favorite childhood Christmas memories. We're going to be answering, most importantly, we're going to be answering your guys' questions. So we've got a couple questions in. But we need some more. Let's let's make this a great, awesome episode. And if you're if you're saying to yourself, "Oh man, well I'm not going to be able to listen to it on Monday," then we're going to post this episode. We're going to record it. We're still going to record it like we always do, and we'll put it out put it up on a later date. Yeah. So it, if you couldn't make it for the Facebook Live, you'll be able to still listen to the audio. Get ready to hear about the massacre of the innocents. That's what I've been <laughs> studying lately. Brutal. Oh. Brutal. It's a side of Christmas you haven't heard before. Absolutely. But so be there, be square, December 18th, Monday. Send us your questions on all of our social media accounts. With that being said, Jason. Yeah, buddy. What did you do this weekend? I went and saw Jimmy Eat World. Cool. You have no idea who Jimmy Eat World is, do you? Uh, is he hungry or something? <laughs> I'm dying inside. It's crushing. It just it, your lack of indie rock knowledge is just absolutely just crushing. not my style, man. Uh, it's okay. I I respect you know why, them. Okay, I respect. You know why I went to go? Like one of the reasons that like cemented it for me to go. What is our buddy John Diener, who is on our first Halloween special? Yep, I remember. And who Episode we've highlighted, 10. yeah, and who we've highlighted before in his band, Baggage, doing some awesome things, collecting water and toiletries for the city of Flint. Yeah. He opened up the show for Jimmy Eat World. That's, that's insane. killed it. It was so good. That would be like if I got to open up for Zayo, which would be epic. Yeah. Oh, man. And this was a big stage. I mean, place was just absolutely packed. Oh, by the way. Dude, okay. I have a personal space bubble. Yeah, Okay. And that kind of gets washed out when you're in a standing room only situation. Right, absolutely. But people on either side of Jess and I were going at it, dude. Just making like out hardcore. PDA, making out, touching. Ew. Like, we were close enough to get accidentally pregnant. Oh, my god! Like, I almost got pregnant. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> They're just conjuring up images of Arnold Schwarzenegger from Junior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Danny DeVito's in that movie. It's epic. Oh my gosh, dude. So gross. Yeah. So that's like, that's like, because last week I did all the concerts, man. I saw Thrice yeah. and Circus Survive. And then we went to Jimmy Eat World. And I'm too old for shows. <laughs> and, and standing hurts. <laughs> Jason's hitting kids with his walker. Now you can't get out of the way. Oh. Trying to listen to the music. Yeah. But so PDA, you're not a fan, huh? Um, you know, I was when I was younger. <laughs> um, but no, not anymore, dude. It was just uh, the things I saw, I can't unsee. 
and I don't want to be mean or hurt anybody's feelings, but these people weren't attractive. So that just wait a minute. So if it was somebody, if it was somebody attractive, you'd be like, yeah, it's tolerable. No, like it just wouldn't have been. So what I was doing, okay, this is bad, but. I was letting some farts go. I thought, if anything, these people can't surely make out in, you know, a freshly crop dusted area. And it didn't stop anything. It just made all of it worse. It was so bad. And then... I'm dying over here. I I got in the car and I farted as I was getting in the car to leave. And just goes... What did you eat? (laughs) Qdoba. And Jess, Jess Caught goes, the culprit, red-handed. Yeah, Jess goes, that was you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody uh, likes their own brand, eh? Well, oh, this know, is magical. Uh, that's enough about me, though. What'd you do, bud? Uh, so this week, uh, we had the 17th annual Bringing Down Broadway Christmas Party. Oh, nice. So uh, a bunch of friends of the band and some band members and former band members were there. And it was just a fun time, and it's it's kind of funny because when I first started going to this these parties, nobody had kids. Yeah. Now everybody has kids. That's cool though. And so like it's we kind of have everything set up. It's like it's all Thanksgiving food. There's a turkey. There's stuffing. That's what we usually eat. And then there's a dessert table. So I noticed midway through the night, my child, yeah, who is sometimes crazy, but most of the time, especially when it's getting towards. Bedtime. She's she's kind of she's kind of down for the count. She's usually sitting on the couch sucking her thumb, and that's how we know she's she's done. She is acting like a crazy person. <laughs> like we were trying to do, we were trying to do a bringing down Broadway family picture. All of us together, we set the, you know the camera up, and we're trying to get the picture taken. And Ada is just not having any of it. She doesn't want to sit down. She doesn't want to do anything. When we were doing our white elephant exchange, she wanted to open up everybody's gift, yeah. and she's just jumping and just ah, 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 like singing and just yelling. And we're like, "What is up with this girl?" I go upstairs to the. Uh, dessert table and I see a package of chocolate chip cookies and I see that there's three cookies missing out of the package and I look closer at my daughter's face and there is just chocolate smeared (laughs) all over her face and I'm like there that's that's the reason she had sugar and this is what's happening she's double fisting cookies oh my gosh and then I kept catching her like so she was like a she's like a little like vulture for like people's desserts she would set their People would set their desserts down on the table. Yeah. She'd climb up on the table, and all of a sudden, she's just two-handed brownies into her into her face and just brownie <laughs> bits all over. I was like, what are you doing? Stop it. Uh, she's dessert drunk. Yeah, she was just... <laughs> Some people have a couple of beers so they can socialize. Ada has a couple of cookies. <laughs> yeah, so it was... She just consumed so much sugar oh, that night, and man. it's like, never again, child. You are not allowed to have sugar because it just does... it like. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type situation. But speaking of consuming mass quantities of sugar, we're going to be talking about consumerism today, Today's special word is consumerism. I wasn't sure if you were just going to go consumer or actually go for the full ism there. Yeah, you caught on quick. So anyway, yeah, we're going to be talking about consumerism. And in what better time of the year... Then two weeks oh, before yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Am I right, Jason? Yeah. Am I right? But yeah, man. So I'm consumerism. I'm sleeping on my Christmas present. <laughs> You're sleeping? Oh, your bed. I bought a bed. <laughs> <laughs> Justin and I got a bed for each other. It's already up. It looks nice. 
You got it on sale, so is it really consumerism <gasps> if you you got it for a good price? Cyber Monday. Oh, quick update on last week's episode. Yeah, got a door installed on our bedroom. Nice, good, yep. good work. I'm I'm glad that you have a door now. Yeah. Because if you didn't have one, I was going to buy one for you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Jason, you just need your mommy daddy time. Here's yeah. a door. So anyway, Jason, yeah, we're going to be talking about consumerism in this episode, and we we dive down deep. We're going to pull out the Bible. Oh yeah. Okay. We're going to talk about some yep. personal experiences. Yep. And we are going to tell you, the church, how you should live your life. I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. We're not your pastors. Yeah. But anyway, so everybody sit back, listen up, and listen to these two guys, Jason and I. You know, we're those two guys uh-huh. who could not make it. We didn't get ordained. We don't We don't have a church. Wait, have, did you get ordained? I got ordained online so I can do weddings. Okay. And it's just basically, yeah, I, do you, do you know your name far, and what yeah. state you live in? Boom, you can get ordained. That's basically it. That's all of the information they require. Really uncomfortable when people say, hey, Pastor Jason. I'm like, oh, I'm not a pastor, though. I'm really uncomfortable <laughs> when I sign people's, because you have to, like, fill out on a marriage certificate, like, if you're, like, a bishop or, like, a rabbi. So I'm like, ah, Pastor Alex. Yeah. Or Reverend. Reverend Ryman. Oh, pa- <laughs> pastor Al. What was it? Yeah, it was Pastor Al. <laughs> so everybody, sit back, listen to, to Jason and I as we ramble about... How to stop consumerism. This is not your pastor's holy crap, you bought too much stuff episode. Hey, Jason. I have a gift for you. It's up in my bum. You never heard the Peter Griffin do that? Christmas is a special time of year. It's just your facial expressions while you're doing the voices. It's up in my bum. Oh, <laughs> uh, consumerism, Alex. Yeah. Mm. So, what what do we do with this thing called consumerism? So, what? Let's define the terms. I'm not a victim. <laughs> Come on, Jason. Let's real talk here. It's me. Yeah. Okay. Just us. <laughs> it's just us here. Sitting in my basement. Nobody else is going to listen to this. You tell your deepest, darkest secrets about the purchases that you've made. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you posted <laughs> on Facebook. Have you ever made some purchases you regret? Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Carrie Car- Jellick uh, commented on that just recently and said, yeah, my MacBook. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. I've I've had so many things, especially guitar pedal-wise. Oh, man. Are just It could be anything. You get... There's so many freaking options. Uh, yeah. And you get... Like, I just go into the, like these zones where it's just like, I'm like, I got to find the best. I'm reading all these reviews and which one should I purchase? And oh, man. And then you end up buying something. And then it's like, especially with guitar gear like guitar pedals that's like the bad one because i mean it's not like an out of reach purchase i mean most of them are like 120 to 250 bucks or something (laughs) dang it yeah so it's just like yeah i gotta have it gotta have it 
they need it. I can sell this one and this one and this one, and I I can I can get that one. And or you then, get the or you get like the thirty six month no interest payments from Sweetwater. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never done that. <laughs> but you make the purchase, yeah, and immediately after you feel so terrible. Oh, I got to tell Have you. Have you ever this. done that? Yeah, I got to tell you this story. I went so I. Had, Really had for a long time wanted a PlayStation 3. All my friends had PlayStation 3s, and they were like, this is back when Call of Duty Modern Warfare was super popular and everybody was playing it online. And so this had to be like 2008 or 2009 or so. And I had basically paid my bills off for the week, and I had money left over. I was like, oh, man. And I went to the store, and I saw that they had one. And they had like a combo pack. Combo pack. You buy the you buy the you buy the PS3 and a game yeah. for this amount of money. And I looked at my bank account and I said, and I did the math. I said, after taxes, I'll have seven dollars left in my bank account if I buy this today. And so you know what I did? You buy it. I bought it. <laughs> Alex Ryman living on ramen for the next yeah. week because I didn't get paid for another week. <laughs> But I got my PlayStation Three, and I wouldn't have. I'm gonna. I'm gonna just go all out on this episode. Luke Clayton, my best friend growing up, he was the devil on my shoulder, telling me to buy it. I almost yeah. walked out of that mire without buying that because I was like, "No, this is this is a bad purchase. I've only got so much money left in my bank account. This is just a bad idea." And he's like, "You should. You should get it." You called them out by first and last name, Luke. You done messed up. <laughs> you tempted me, the devil on my shoulder. But yeah, so it was it was Did really bad. Did you use bad. that purchase to glorify God, though, Alex? Uh, I mean, I did get to hang out with my friends on internet gaming websites. Did you, by chance, pick a screen name that might have led people to Jesus as you're shooting him in Call of Duty? No, no? absolutely not. <laughs> My I'm just shaking murder, my head death, and... kill, eighty-nine. <laughs> Are you serious? No. <laughs> oh man, getting goofy, getting goofy already. But yeah, so we we made we all have made those purchases. But the, this is all this is a symptom of what we know very well of in the United States as consumerism. How would you define like what's consumerism? Uh, man, I actually found a really good definition. I'm blanking on it online. It, it's basically the the ideology of the need to acquire goods and services. Yeah, like the not like the you have to have said goods and services because sometimes you do need certain things. Like you need to buy food every week. You need to get your car worked on. Yeah. But sometimes it's that idea of like, well, I have to have this, even though you don't necessarily have to have it. Yeah. Or I have to have a plethora of these when you may only need one. Yeah. I kind of like my own personal like definition of consumerism. I don't know how well this fits. Yeah. I'll read a real one in a minute here, but like just consumerism is meant to make you constantly unhappy. Oh, yeah. Dissatisfied, uncontent with the product that you already have. Yeah. It's like the moment you buy the product, you act, you like, you see it in the commercial, but it's in black and white now. Like, you know, and people don't know how to use it. Yeah. That's such a weird feeling. Like you, once you finally obtained this item, like that happens for me with like bands sometimes, like I'll, I'll get done listening to the album a few times and I'm like, yeah, I spent $10 on this. So what now? (laughs) Like, yeah, I can keep listening to it, but I'm kind of, I've moved on already. 
So, or like a guitar that I bought, like, I, I mean, I love all my guitars, but there's always that other guitar out there that's got this new, new fang, new fangled technology in it. Yeah. It's like a drug. I mean, it is. you go through a period where I got to have it. I have to have it. I can't possibly survive without it. How, how could I live without this thing? And then you get it. And I mean, it, it may be days or months or weeks like later, but eventually it's like, why did I buy this? Let me ask you this, Jason. Have you ever gone... Like, there's regret. There's remorse yeah. there. I Like, I've done that several times where I immediately regret buying something after I bought it. Have you ever gone to, like, the store? And maybe, maybe like, you were just, like, feeling down. Like, I remember this happened with Shauna and I. Uh, so, something happened. I don't know if it was a family member who died, but it, it was just, like, a bad week. Yeah. You know, and it just wasn't... And then, so, like, we just decided, like, we're going to go to Target. We had 50 bucks. So yeah. we're going to buy as much stuff as we can just with blow 50, money. Just blow money. Yep. And like we were, st I remember standing in line making the purchases of the the items. And it's like, is this weird that this kind of makes me feel good? Because I feel like that's a bad thing. Yeah. This makes me feel well, good. Well, that's like the number one activity of Americans. Shopping. Is shopping. Like seriously. Like what? you think about how much time you spend shopping for things. Not like, not like in a physical store, like perusing the aisles per se oh, but yeah. online oh man because i can spend some time going through store man, aisles you're cutting me deep dude like looking at legos in the store is one thing but the amount of time in research that i have put into guitar pedals and youtube and demos and watching all that crap dude it's hours upon hours upon hours shopping i'm shopping i don't even have money like I remember that phrase, like even just growing up, like mm -hmm. like we go to my dad's for the weekend, we'd all be kind of bored. My dad didn't have you know a whole lot of money, you know, paying child supports the weekend. You know, we got food, and we would all the time we'd go window shopping. Like we just get out of the house and we go to stores. We just look at stuff. We wouldn't buy anything. But just how how crazy and like some of my like most fond memories aren't window shopping. Like, that's not, like, a memorable memory. Like, I remember things like my dad taking me to Bishop Airport, you know, way before 9-11, yeah. where you could just go up in the tower and watch the planes land and just, like, loving it. It's just cool. Like, yeah. we're just going to watch planes land for hours. <laughs> like, it sounds boring, but, like, no, I had a lot of, like, to me, uh, that's my dad, my dad's airplanes and trains and things like that. Like, I, I we, we have gone into stores multiple times my wife and i and i look at some of the price tags on things it's like there's no way we can afford this and i'll look to my wife and i'll be like there's no way we're gonna we can afford anything in this store like no way am i paying 40 dollars for a t-shirt and she's like i know but we're just here yeah and i i always kind of like resented her a little bit for that i'm like this is just ridiculous why are we wasting our time window shopping and going around going around the store when you know you can't buy anything everybody here everybody does that and then though. i'm like you know what i do the exact same yeah. thing on ebay with legos yeah i look at sets that i can't possibly afford and i'm like yeah maybe and if you look at them long enough you can find a way oh isn't that what's so creepy? bad like if you keep staring at the object i'm just going i'm just going to look or at I, it. or i set a budget I'm for myself just, just one more review and it's amazing how over the course of a couple weeks i can come up with the cash to do it whether i actually have it or don't have it i it's can sell other things like because the item has to be purchased now it has to be purchased and then once you got it 
there's always something else. Yeah, the exactly. Grass is always greener on that other side. I think that's why you feel the remorse. That's like it's just like the the infomercial or whatever. Because like once you finally have purchased it, it, it finally sinks into your head. Like, oh man, yeah, I could have really used this money to like put it into our savings account and replenish that. Or like, I feel like every time I make a really dumb purchase, there's always like the the car always breaks down right after that. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's like, dang it. Yeah, and now you're scrambling to sell everything so you can buy, uh, you know, be able to pay for the for the car repair. I remember like it's the Holy Spirit. I remember growing up. And, and, and we'll move on after this point. But like, I remember once I finally moved out of my parents' house and I was working full time and just having all that money, that those mad stacks of money. Cause I was, my, my rent was cheap and I didn't have very yeah. many bills. And, um, I just remember going to like the Walmart, going to Walmart and going to the $5 movie bin and just buying $5 movies. Like they were going out of style. It was like, well, it's five bucks. It's not that much money, but then yeah. after time, it's like, gosh, you just spent $90 on, on these videos. And, and then you go to trade them in, they give you a quarter. Yeah, it's bad. So I, I know, ex- gosh, it's why, why are we you like think about this? That. You think about that though. Like I've had the thought in my mind. I know other people, don't you back down from this? Because <laughs> I'm going to sound really bad here. Yeah. Because children are a blessing. Yeah. But I constantly go back, man, if I didn't have kids, <laughs> like, <laughs> Like before I had kids, I could totally buy this, but now I got, you know, responsibilities like, no, like everybody always says like, Oh, I was adulting today. I had to pay my bills and I couldn't buy this certain thing, but no, it's, it's a, it's a disease. Yeah. It's messed up. So our culture is infected with this disease of consumerism. Yeah. But from a Christian aspect, what does that mean for us? Because I think the church is infected too. Oh, everybody is. First of all, there there isn't much of a line between church and non-church. You could almost just throw that out the window. Yeah, yeah I mean, the only difference is what you, what you do with your Sunday mornings. And even then, it's it's sometimes Christians just don't go to church like me. Yeah. I you was, didn't go this past Sunday? I didn't go this past Sunday. Be- oh, my gosh. You're a sinner, Alex. I was shooting guns. Backsliding So I don't know sinner. if that helps. No? Okay. I Moving on. I didn't go either. <laughs> I was installing a door on our bedroom. <laughs> Some would say that was a holy, holy crusade per se to get your door on your, yeah, door on your your bedroom. It could be. Who knows how many sins that is going to prevent <laughs> having a lock on your bedroom door? Nice, dude. So anyway, you were you were you were talking about church and how it's even infected into our our church culture. Yeah, um, I was I was talking to a pastor friend about this and we started talking about consumerism in the church. Yeah. And well, I never did read a definition of consumerism. Go ahead. Let me read, read your it. definition. Um, this is from Merriam Webster or is it Marion? Just Mary, Mary, Mary Dexter, Mary, Mary. Dexter. Uh, she says Webster. It's Mary Webs, Marion Webster's not Dexter fooled you. I messed up. It's okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the definition is the theory that an increasing consumption of goods is economically desirable. Also a preoccupation with an inclination toward the buying of consumer goods. And to me, like preoccupation is that word. Like, Ooh. because right off the bat, like the more you think about worldly things, especially the acquisition of meaningless possessions 
to just tide you over. Like if I had that one thing, like if I had this thing, I would be happy or I'd feel complete. Like to me, from a Christian aspect, you're, you're replacing a hole with something that won't fill it up. Right. I think I said this. I, th- I said this in our minimalism episode, and we'll probably be drawing. Oh a little, yeah, we little talk bit a little bit because I'm still in minimalism mode, believe it or not. So, and I don't think we'll talk about it in a minute. But I don't think minimalism is any more or less helpful. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. So, but, so no, I was just going to say that I said this quote, and this is a quote that Matt Chandler says all the time, and I think it's so prudent to our day. We we literally will die for the things that will become part of future garage sales. Yeah, dude. It's like if you if you have a garage sale, and I, I I encourage everybody have a garage sale this 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 upcoming spring. You know, after after the winter is over, have a have a garage sale and see what you actually put out in your garage sale and think about when you purchased that item and how excited you were at one point when you purchased yep. that item and now you're selling it in a dollar bin at your garage sale. Yeah, it's, and it, it isn't bad. worth anything. Yeah. So, my goodness. Literally, like, thousands of dollars. When you just, somebody's turning around and buys it for a buck. Yeah. So, so, my goodness, Jason. It's, it, the fact that we're talking about this is so convicting. Like, I'm just going through and thinking of all the things that I literally have, have just purchased just because I thought I had to have it. And we're not, we're not even talking about necessity, no. I mean, you mentioned that a little bit off the top. There are some things you need, like food and water. There are like legitimate things, like warm coats to for your worry kids. over. Yeah, we're not talking about those items. We're talking about the frivolous things. Yeah, the items that you you probably don't really like. Need. That's that second that DJ talked, Roomba. The, <laughs> <laughs> the things that you talked yourself into needing. Like, oh, man, you have to have it. One of those for me was, oh, we talked about this in an earlier episode. I don't remember what episode, but I bought a backup guitar. <laughs> like, and it was for church, for like Easter Sunday. Like I had talked myself into, for the purposes of ministry, buying a backup guitar that I played twice. And then when you sold it, though, it really yeah, blessed. So well, that was- Yeah, something good came, came out of it. Maybe I'll get to that in a minute. Um, I'm flipping through the Bible, Alex, because I'm going to get really spiritual. Oh, snap. Yeah. Your gigantic Bible. This thing's huge. I need four arms to well, operate this. The bigger your Bible, the closer you are to God. That's true. Um, so when I think of consumerism in regards to the Bible, like one passage in particular like sticks out to me, and that's in Luke chapter 12. Oh, yes. Where Luke. I think we both preached a sermon on this. We did. We preached or preached. We both preached. We be preaching. We spoke a sermon on this. The parable of the rich fool. Oh. Yeah. So verse 13, Luke chapter 12. Someone in the crowd said to him, teacher, tell me, wait, wait, background music or no background music? Oh, definitely put some background music on this. Whenever we'll, we'll take a cue card from the probably wrong podcast. Whenever we read scripture, we'll put some nice soothing piano. All right. And Okay. better that's nice i like that uh someone in the crowd said to him teacher tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me but he said to a man who made me a judge or arbiter over you i don't know if i said arbiter you like my jesus voice i've been working on it sounds really white 
but so are all the paintings. Go, continue. <laughs> and, he, and he said to him, to them, take care and be on guard against all covetousness. That's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods, and I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Ooh, burn. And that is, to me, a direct correlation between the, the acquiring of possessions. So let me let me sidebar. Can I do a little sidebar? Do a sidebar. So I want obviously this this the the Jesus is right in what he said, and I'm I'm not disagreeing with it. I'm just saying at what what place is because I, Proverbs says that a wise man has an inheritance for his children's children. So at what point is that is is the cutoff point between like consumerism, storing up goods? And then what is actually like going towards like an inheritance? Okay, for, I was for, I was thinking about member. this because there there is nothing wrong. Like a possession is neither good nor bad. It has no soul. Like right, it in of itself. Same with money. Money is not good nor bad. It's the love of money. Exactly. All right, people so, get that wrong sometimes. Yeah, they do. Um, but like if people want to give me more more money, I'll take it. Yeah. I'm not gonna love yeah, it, but I'll, I'll I'll take it. I'm not allergic to money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, my preference is if I ever do become a pastor, is the authoring is just gonna be tossed up to me at my feet. That's gonna be my thing. Gosh. No, no collection plates. Just come back and throw your money at my feet. Wow, wow. You don't approve? I thought you would approve that. No. That you seemed like the type of guy who likes money thrown at his feet. No. while he's preaching. No, that shocks me, Alex. I I, I only take I'm in a dismay. I only take a love offering. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking Definition about? Definition of love offering, please. <laughs> okay. Um, no, you asked a good question, and I think I think greed comes into play. Okay. Because Proverbs also says, He coveteth greedily all the day long, but the righteous giveth and spareth not. Mm. So to me, it's that willingness to give. And benefit others over keeping this. It's mine, you know. Oh, so like saying getting like, all Gollum on it. It's Malum, Malprosas. So basically, what you're telling me, Jason, is that if like like let's say I have some money and I'm saying, okay, this is going towards Ada's school account. Yeah. And and I have excess. I have excess, so I'm going to I'm saying, you know what? I really I want her to not have to worry about school. I want when she go, grows up, I want the burden of her school payment to be as little as possible. So I'm going to put this money towards her school payment as opposed to putting it into my pocket that I may spend it frivolously. That's a really hard word to say sometimes. Yeah. on something else. Yeah. So that that's okay. I can work with that. It'd be like taking Ada's money and be like, you know what? I've got two guitars but i need a third 
Yeah, well, I already have a third, so move on, move on. <laughs> Moving so, on quickly. So, quickly. Jason, I think this is a good point in our episode. Why don't we take a quick break? We have a five-star review to read, ah! and then we'll come back, and we'll wrap this up with a pretty little bow. Jason, welcome to the break. We're going to celebrate Ooh. in this break. Yeah. Because we got a five-star review. Yeah. Man, we haven't had a five-star review in a while. And so, please, if you love this podcast, if you want to see it get to more people, so more people's earbuds are playing Not Your Pastor's Podcast, you're hearing the soothing voice voices of Jason and I. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you just hate us. That's fine, too. Whatever. Yeah, still leave us a five-star review because we read every five-star review we get. So this one is really special, Jason, because this comes all the way from the country down under. Oh, and that's as far as I'm going to take my Australian accent because I don't want to offend. You know, I have a friend who just visited Australia. Yeah, and she said the toilets actually do flush the other way. That's I remember that Simpsons episode. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the sim where they had a the correctional thing to make it <laughs> <laughs> make it start spinning the right way. And he's singing like "God Bless America" or something. <laughs> oh, I love it. The Coriolis effect is a wonderful thing. Uh, so this comes from. Uh, Josie97, all the way from Australia. It's a five-star review, and he uh, said this. He said, My wife and I have been really inspired by the podcast this month so far with Jess and Hillary. He's referring all the way back to our, our feminism episodes. Yeah. Uh, this, this, that would have been back in May? Yeah, this this uh, review came back uh, May 12th, 2017. That would have been our first episode with Hillary. Yes, so Jess and Hillary, the uh, they are awesome ladies. Actually, my wife is the one who has been inspired. I've been more educated but I'm loving it. Keep it up, guys. Apprentice feminist. So nice. it's a hard to say. Yeah. I always have a hard time. I think I adopted feminist Padawan. I feel like every time you say it, like I want to bow <laughs> yeah. in like a ceremonial <laughs> Japanese way to you. But I mean, anyway, so Josie97, thank you so much. And I'm curious, Jason, if there's more countries out there that have left us five-star reviews. I don't even know how you found this. It's not. I did some, I searched the dark net. <laughs> Nice. It, it took a while. I had to copy and paste some things in some areas. You probably have a virus on your computer. I probably have five viruses. But So anyway, to our friends down in Australia, thank you so much for leaving us that five-star review. And I, I hope this is a blessing to people all around the world. This is this is really encouraging to me, the, the fact that we've we've reached down to that part of the globe, really. So, you were going to say down under again. No, I was <laughs> I love the Crocodile Dundee movies. Moving on. So thank you guys so much for leaving that five-star review. And uh, if you got a five-star review, please leave it. And Jason and I will read it. We read every one that we get. So leave a five-star review. Jason, let's get back to this episode. Jason, we're back from the break. And you know what people want to hear? What do people want to hear? More Bible references on this particular topic. <laughs> uh, I feel like I need some cool Bible music. <laughs> they, well, you're the one who edits these episodes. Maybe so I can you... find like the Simpsons, like Bible Blaster, like Rod and Todd, <laughs> <the> Flanders. <laughs> it's like the video game. Ned I... comes in. Who wants nachos? <laughs> Flanders style. That's cucumbers and cottage cheese. <laughs> Which is actually pretty good, by the way. I tried it. Is it good? It's not bad. Well, like, watch the show and tried it in my adulthood. I just remember the the emergency baptism kit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he has to break the glass. We should sell those. I wonder if they make them. They make like 
like take along like by yourself communion kits. It's nice. like travel communion with a little juice in the cracker. S- speaking of that, like the the Christian stores with like the branding oh, that Christians yeah, here we do. Go. Oh my word! All you have yeah. to do is slap Jesus on the side of a coffee mug, charge twelve bucks, and it will sell. Yep. You oh. just take an existing product and you put Jesus on. Or you it. just take a, your favorite Bible verse out of context and put it on a T-shirt, and now boom, yeah. it sells. Actually, bonus points if you put Jesus and a USB port on it. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter if it does anything or not. Like, hey, this coffee mug's chargeable. Oh man! For when you need a recharge. Gosh. Also, Jesus is on it. it it's so bad. You <laughs> it know, really a, is. A lot of the stores are going out of business, though. Well, the internet. The internet's really just taking yeah, the, the wind out are. of their sails. People can buy their Christian knickknacks online. Yes, absolutely. You want your Martin Luther bobblehead? Well, I'm more of a John Calvin guy. Oh yeah, that's right. That's you know. what you said, John. Calvin. Actually, John Calvin. Calvin had a had a really good. Uh, he the quote that he I always reference is the fact that he says that the human heart is an idol factory, and I think that kind of plays into our our discussion on consumerism. Yeah, we're just constantly searching after the the new idol, the new thing that's going to make us happy, even though we know deep down inside that that idol isn't going to satisfy every need and every desire that we actually need. Yeah. Well, let me let me reference some more Bible passages. Yeah. Not specifically, but I like had a goal, and I think I, I texted this to you. Is I was going to, because I have an audio Bible, listen to the Gospels yeah. and see how many times um, Jesus said consumerism was okay, <laughs> which he doesn't. So I was actually looking for... I remember I jokingly texted you, like, I think he talks about it twice. Yeah. And it's like, no, he doesn't. Yeah, I thought you were telling me to listen through twice, make sure I got everything. <laughs> it's like Alex is kind of being a jerk today. You need to listen to it more. Yeah, and so like, so some of these might be a little bit far-reaching, but Jesus tempted by Satan with possessions, Maybe. an earthly kingdom. Yeah. So right after Jesus is baptized, he's whisked away into the desert, and that's what Satan used to tempt Jesus with power possessions, kingdoms, took him to the Temple Mount and said, all of this could be yours, earthly things. A little bit of a reach, but I think the temptation is there. The temptation is there for possessions, but I mean, he's ultimately going to be the king, just not at this point in time. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, Next. A handful going through Matthew, Sermon on the Mount. He hits this. I mean, he says, give to those in need. He says, don't worry about your needs. God provides them. Uh, And I think that ties back into like like the kingdom thing that you just talked about. He could have had it now for nothing from Satan. But that wasn't the plan. No, he resists the temptation and he rests in God's like God's provision and i think that same passage is is echoed in luke 12 which we just talked about like yeah. don't worry about your clothes the things you wear the things you eat the things you'll put on like god knows that you need those things and will provide them for you that's like my big when i talk about anxiety that was yeah. that was one of the passages that helped me through that um but then on the sermon on the mount jesus says don't lay up your treasures on earth for where your treasure is there is your heart too Mm-hmm. And I think about all the time going into, and I think I think greed comes into play, but just love of possessions, 
Kind of like we mentioned before, it's the love of money. It's the love of your possessions and how much they mean to you. Like it's it's a it's a phenomenal thing to like sit in a chair. Just like I I encourage everybody to do this. I've done this before where you I just sit in a chair and I look around the possessions in my house. And I'm not saying like all my possess having possessions is evil, just like we said. But the fact that all these when when the end of all things comes and Jesus comes back. All this stuff is going to burn. All this stuff, yep. everything, my MacBook, all my guitars, all, all your guitars burn. and pedals, it's all going away. And we still love these things. All these temporal things we love still. Yeah. And I think Jesus says in there too, where moth and rust destroy. Yeah. Like that kind of plays into it. So even if people don't have the same end of the world view where everything burns, like it will eventually be destroyed and you can do nothing with it. Yeah. Like you're going to move on. And, like, I know, like, some of these passages, you might think, well, geez, taking them out of context. I just did it at a surface level. Yeah. So, if I didn't know the Bible and I'm just listening to or reading, these are probably the conclusions I'm going to draw without looking any deeper into well, just looking at Jesus, context or background. Just looking at Jesus' life in general. Like, he had no place to rest his head. Had no place to rest his head. He basically had the clothes on his back, and that's it. The ultimate minimalist. The ultimate minimalist. So, and the, well, a couple more. Yeah. Well, one more. Uh, one more. Because, you know, going through Mark, and then it talks about the parable of the sower, or the soils, or depending on how how you want to look at it. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word, and it become unfruitful. Mm. So that's just like the classic. And I know there's lots of different variations and interpretations of that passage, but right there on a surface level, it makes it sound like, your desire for earthly things and you're lusting after them. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not that this is like beyond need. This is greed. This is this is something else. Right. Uh, chokes out the word. Not to throw you off, but like when you told me that you've been listening to like the Gospel of Mark audio audio like repeatedly, I I kind of went back and started reading the Gospel of Mark because I can't remember like the last time I read through it. Yeah. And. I always like when I when I read through books of the Bible, I always think of like if I was a pastor, what would I call my sermon series on this? And so I would either call it the little gospel that could because it's the shortest gospel (laughs) or I would call it I done told you because repeatedly throughout the gospel of Mark, he's constantly telling the disciples, I'm going to die, but then I'll rise again three days later. And then the disciples all do something stupid. Yeah. So I done told you or the little gospel that could. I hope a pastor out there could use that. Small town pastor, looking at you. <laughs> well, first of all, small town pastor's a whole lot smarter than you. Yeah, well, just saying. <laughs> I think she's got it figured out, or maybe she, maybe she, just for it. for branding purposes. Yeah. <laughs> so, heard, Jason, I how do these we? Two basement idiots <laughs> talk talking about who think they're pastors. <laughs> or tried to be pastors once. So, like consumerism in the church. Yeah, I got a lengthy passage to read out of an article. Oh Can I gosh. read it? Or you want to listen to a passage or no? I'm reading it. Sorry, read you, it. you took too long. Read it. Um, so I, I just searched Christians and consumerism and came up with this article in Christianity Today from July of 2006. Okay. It's an oldie but a goodie. Okay, do because it. Because to me, it's like, holy cow, he's speaking of the church today. That's 11 years ago, my friend. Yeah. So he says, Roger Fink and Rodney Stark, co-authors of the of the churching of America, 
1776 to 1990, argue that ministry in the U.S. is modeled primarily on capitalism with pastors functioning as a church's sales force and evangelism as its marketing strategy. Our willing indoctrination into this economic view of ministry is so complete that most pastors never question the validity or recognize how unprecedented it is within Christian history. Doesn't that sound kind of like the pastor in evangelism today? Like, Unfortunately, I mean, so like we're called to make disciples, right? We're 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 supposed to make disciples. We're supposed to, but come to our church, yeah. Or or the fact that you have a bunch of people who claim Jesus, but they're not getting disciples. So you have a bunch of babies running around yeah. who aren't going out and making more disciples. Yeah. So you just get you get a huge church out of it, but you're not. It. I don't know how effective you are at that point. Now, yeah. some churches I think do it good. So I'm not. I don't want to dog anybody, but it is. The similarities are there. Yeah. And it's it's startling sometimes. Well, this this thing, this article keeps going. It says, according to Fink and Stark, the American church adopted a consumer driven model because the First Amendment prohibited state sanctioned religion. Therefore, faith, like the buying of material goods, became a matter of individual choice and self-expression. Maybe a bit of a stretch, but listen to where he goes. And where religious affiliation is a matter of choice religious organizations must compete for members and the invisible hand of the marketplace is as unforgiving of ineffective religion firms as it is their commercial counterparts so dude you've you've heard the term and i'm sure people out there transfer growth yes that's That's not real growth yeah no it's not it's people leaving other churches coming to your church because you've got something they were lacking in the other church and they have the option to choose they have the option to come. That That's consumerism 101. Yeah. It's, I'm dissatisfied with where I'm currently at. Instead of, and I'm guilty of this, instead of working on these relationships, doing the hard and dirty work here, I'm going to go someplace else where I don't have to deal with this. Oh, I've done it. And maybe they have a doctrine that will better suit me. So what do you do? You go onto websites and you start looking at other churches. Well, what do they believe? Yeah, that's the, that's you know, the first well, place they, you go to. How do they dress? What is their music like? I'm laughing because it's so true, and I've done it. I uh, so have I. Like, imagine, like, okay, not just again to sidebar, but like first century Christians, there was maybe one church in every town, maybe. Yeah. And so, like, if there was a problem, you had to go through the church discipline process. You had to go to another person and confess sin, work on it, try and reconcile with your brothers and sisters in Christ. As opposed to now, if you don't like something that the pastor did or the pastor did something wrong or wronged you in some way, like you could just go to somewhere else. And that's not, that's not, that's not the model that Jesus gave us at all. Yeah. Now I, you know, I grew up like Protestant and stuff, so I didn't have a good concept of the Catholic church, but I did gain some respect for him when I was researching churches in, in my town, Davis in Michigan, six square miles, 27 churches, one Catholic church, because the Catholics are pretty organized in how they're planned out. Yeah. And so there's usually one per town, per se, which I thought that was pretty cool. But and then yeah, the Methodists the, are right across the street. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's just the number of options. Like, there's 27 churches to choose from. Which one do I choose? Right. It's like, holy cow. Um, but yeah, that competing. You ever feel like you're competing for that transfer growth? Oh, my gosh. I, I could, I'll be honest, right off the get-go, when I was in Flint, there was definitely like this feeling of like, these people are going to like a, a wacky church. Like they need to come to our church yeah. because we could really use their gifts here. And I, 
it's not until now, like I realize like how sinful that is to try and pull people. I didn't like purposely say like, listen, your church is awful. Like you need to come to yeah. my church. I never said that to anybody. Most of the time, especially when I met people in Flint, they would tell me what church they were going to. And I'd be like, all right, cool. I would usually leave them alone. But in the back of my mind, I was like, gosh, I could really use you. Yeah. And that's, that's like the problem with like non-denominational evangelical churches like the mega church is most of them have this pride thing where they think they're the only ones getting it right. You got to be careful that it, it, it is. It's brutal because I'm that, not, I'm not saying that ours does that. I'm saying a lot of churches do. And that's probably one of the biggest knocks against, against the church at this point, the non-denominational, the ones that, you know, new school Baptist is <laughs> I like to call them new school. Yeah. So this, yeah, stop doing that. Uh, this this <laughs> no, I said stop. <laughs> this article keeps going, and it's uh, just one more paragraph from it because I still like this was written in two thousand six. So this has been reading with Jason. Duncan. I know it. I feel like I've done a lot today. This explains why corporate models, marketing strategies, and secular businesses values are persuasive in American ministry. We are in competition with other churches and other providers of identity and meaning for survival. To appeal to religious consumers, we must. We must commodify our congregations, slapping our church's logo on the shirts, coffee mugs, and Bible covers, and we strive to convince Ooh. a sustainable segment of the religious marketplace that our church is relevant, comfortable, or exciting. When you talk about churches putting their brand on stuff, like, come on. Well, That's the, like game. The first one I think of is Mark Driscoll and Mars Hill, right? Yeah. He had that famous quote saying, I am the brand, like... <laughs> Like, yeah, when we get into the business of church branding. Uh, What's your church's brand? It's, Does it's, it have a cool logo? Yeah. Or is it lame? <laughs> What's your brochure like? Yeah. Is it a trifold, bifold? What is it? Yeah. Um, this better be on 40-pound paper. <laughs> so, Jason, we this wouldn't be a complete episode if we didn't talk about, well, how can we kind of combat that feeling? Because I don't know if necessarily minimalism is is necessarily the the right. Because because consumerism, if it, there's consumerism, then maybe the opposite end of the spectrum would be minimalism. Do you would you agree with that? It would appear so. But like again, like the things that I, I always keep coming back to that I always learn is it's not so much if you don't like the one end of the extreme, it's not go to the other end of the extreme to fix it. It's you have to find that happy middle. You have to find that balance. So like selling all of your stuff may not be the right answer. If you have a consumerism problem, I don't know. Especially if you're just going to fill it back up with other stuff. Right. Or you may have certain items in your possession that you can use to bless somebody. Like, like I know, I know lots of people who have, houses that are that are bigger than what they need yeah and they but the reason why they purchased those big houses was because they constantly use them for ministry purposes they're constantly blessing people letting people stay there letting people live there and so maybe that's how we fight it i don't know i'm just talking out loud here just trying to just inside baseball what's going on in alex ryman's head yeah you you've been saying inside baseball a lot What's what's that come from? Like I don't know uh, the reference. There people say that about their shows, like oh. what's like what goes on behind the scenes that you may not see. Some people like it, some people don't. But I, I kinda like I it. I just like, wonder I just wonder where that phrase came from. Yeah. It's cool. You can keep saying it. It's approved. 
you know, inside well, hockey. What like what's going on? But what's going on in the locker room? Yeah, well, inside <laughs> hockey's is more appropriate. Um, oh no, what was I gonna say? How do we combat? It? Oh well, speaking specifically toward minimalism, like minimalism has a whole lot of benefits. Yeah, so it gives you the potential of getting rid of things so that you can focus on God. Yeah. Right. From a Christian standpoint, like I'm getting rid of these things so I can focus on a couple of things and and do things well. I'm not constantly um, being choked out by my possessions. Mm -hmm. The problem is that I have found is you place a lot of things and it makes purchasing things even harder. Like you have to think harder about it. Mm -hmm. So in the vein of minimalism, I've spent just as much or more time shopping online or otherwise trying to find the right thing because, well, now I'm not going to have 10 of these. I'm going to have one. So I got to find the right one. And and again, our culture is just driven hard by uh, making you feel unhappy with it, but just giving you tons, a crap load of options. Yeah. There's a thousand. You could spend all day looking at a pair of jeans. Like, where would I buy jeans? Who were these jeans made by? What kind of jeans are they? Will they last? Can they be washed? You know, just target. Target jeans are great. If I get <laughs> is, is a personal endorsement do? from Alex Ryman, Target mm-hmm. jeans. Is that the the most Mosimo? Massimo. Massimo. They're great. I think they're great, and they they're like half the price of buying Levi's, which is what I used to buy. I yeah, I'm a big Levi's guy, but you know. If you're curious what Jason and Alex wear. Yeah. Oh, no, I have a couple of pairs of those, too. I just buy them because it's, they're functional and they're cheaper. <laughs> that's where I, that's where my mind goes. So what would be... So we've, we've talked all this crap. Yeah. And, you know, we said that ourselves were just as guilty that we've done this stuff. So what are some ways that we could help people going forward? Yeah, because you can't just leave everybody hanging. Like, it's like, all right, good night, everybody. So, like, I was thinking, like, uh, um, you know, do all of your purchases need to glorify God? Is is that like the answer? Do you get super spiritual and religious with it and say, you know, this purchase? I mean, I feel like that should be the answer, but I mean, is it going to happen one hundred percent? No, no, it's, obviously it's not. not. Like, honestly, I don't think about how my, I don't think about how my, go there, Alex, go deep. I don't think about when, when, when I do buy something that I need, like, I don't think about how it's going to glorify God. No. And maybe that's, that's just a mindset. I need. I don't to, think that's not my first thought at all. Like, I think how I it's going to glorify me. Like, I just had to pay, <laughs> I had to pay, uh, uh, I got my car worked on and it wasn't a big bill, but I had to like. I was like, oh, I'm going to fork over this $160 to fix this little thing on my car. And I, and I, it never crossed my mind. I just took the money out of our savings account because we didn't have it in our spending account, and I, I paid for it. But I guess for me, I whenever – I started doing this because especially like around Christmas time because this is – like you always want – you're for your kids you want you want the best for your kids and you want to try and raise them right and you 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 know you want to do the best that you can possibly do with them and so like for me around christmas time i really get focused on the gifts sometimes and i really want to i want ada to focus on what christmas should be about which is celebrating the birth of christ and so like i keep saying to myself like like 
Does she need this thing? Should I buy this thing for her? Is this going to continue to the the next generation to be uh, a, a consumer type generation if I keep doing this? And so like, I've been really thinking about my purchases lately. Like I I'll, like I'll go and I'll look uh, on eBay, and I'll even say like, all right, I'm only going to spend ten dollars, and then I have to que- I question myself again. Why do I need to spend ten dollars? Does that include shipping? Yes, it includes shipping because sometimes you can find a deal for like under ten bucks. Yeah, if you get the right auction. But for me, it's been literally before you click buy now. Take a second, think about what you're purchasing. Could that money go towards something else? I mean, that's 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 the simple that's the simple answer for me. Yeah. Oh man, that makes me think like. I do a lot of my big time decision making. Mm-hmm. I give it ninety days, oh. which is a long time, and I don't. I typically don't do that for purchases. I might if I was going to purchase a car or mm-hmm. something big or a house or you know something of that nature. Give it ninety days and wait for, you know, I've done it like uh, moving jobs, mm-hmm. like and things of that nature, but. Maybe not ninety days for you, but like you're you're saying, pause for a minute there. Made me think maybe we don't need to buy this today, or maybe ask somebody else. Like that, yeah. That this you're deal, close with. this deal will expire, but it'll be on sale again. Maybe I can get it next time it goes right. on sale, or it's on sale now. It's going to go on clearance. Maybe let's see how much I need it when it's on clearance. Yeah. Uh, some something of that nature but like like i said before like maybe you need to talk that out with somebody that you're close with like a spouse or if you're not married like a close friend or a relative that you can kind of confide in and say hey what do you think about this almost like a financial planner but like there's been multiple times my wife and i have vetoed each other's decisions like before we made a big purchase like i really want i i got a macbook for free somebody gave me an old macbook it's got a it's got a 250 dollar repair that it needs done on it and then it'll be up and running. And I thought about getting it repaired because it would be better than what we have now. Yeah. And then I said, Shauna, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take $250 out of our savings account. I'm going to get this MacBook up and running. And she's like, is yours is yours broken? Is your MacBook right now broken? I said, no, it's not broken. Does it record every night when you and Jason have podcasting? I'm like, yeah, it does. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to have to. I'm, you know, I'm vetoing that. You know, one of the things that you said to me when we started podcasting and I was really looking into gear and what to buy and stuff. You made the point of let's do the best we can with what we have, and like that was solid sage advice coming from <laughs> a you guy know. dressed in onesie pajamas right <laughs> Just, now. Yeah, dressed they're in not onesie onesies. Pajamas. They're not footies. It's a union. It's a Carhartt union suit. It's a man's thing. It keeps me warm. So going back a little bit because I, I'll tie it into the end here, but. I posted on on Twitter to a couple different people. I said, what do you think about the church as a consumed good and having many consumer options, meaning churches, to choose from? And our buddy Richard Jacobson, author of the book Unchurching. um, we got to have him on the show again. He says, that's about as far away from genuine ecclesia as you can get. The underlying assumption is that the church exists for us. It doesn't. The church exists for Christ. So to what, what was that? I think I heard a mic drop all the way yeah, from Tennessee. Yeah, he did. Boom. He's, he put <laughs> hashtag Sela. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely, definitely a mic drop. Um, but to bring that into making purchases and not thinking about yourself, but thinking of 
for others. Mm-hmm. I mean, how could I love my neighbor? Like, you know, how, how could this possession not just benefit me, but benefit others? And maybe that's, you know, there's a lot of companies doing really good things. So maybe instead of buying 10 things, you buy one thing that's really nicer, but you research the company and then you see where that money's going to, what causes, what's behind it, you know. And that's really popular with the millennials, I think. Yeah. Um, like, I have to buy my Tom's. Oh, man. I'll go ahead and mention <laughs> it. So through Nelson Publishing... Um, they send us books. Yeah. I don't think we've talked about that on our show yet. That was a really cool deal. Yeah. Thanks, I Nelson. Mean, yeah. So one of their reps said, here's our catalog. Pick what you want. And I've been reading this book by Justin Dillon called A Selfish Guide to Change the World or A Selfish Plan to Change the World. Fantastic book. But he invented a company called, uh, I think it's called Slavery Footprint. I didn't think to look this stuff up before I started. It just came to me. So I'll include links in the show notes to the book and, and to his organization. But it um, it takes each item that you buy, and he's got a lot of companies on board. It's a nationally recognized app that looks at the slavery footprint for each product. How many children worked on this item mm. that you're about to purchase? Like how much slave labor is involved? Dang, dude. It's it's pretty convicting, but his book is so good about bringing home like an epic point, but not making you feel bad about it, rather inspiring you to find what matters the most to you and live that out. Okay, so it's like the selfish guide, his selfish plan to change the world, like to do something. And it's all about, well, there's a lot of different angles, but the one that stood out to me is like finding your riot, finding what might make you the most angry what do you want to change and then seeing how you can change it i mean that's the whole idea of repentance the whole is the whole idea of repentance is not like these are your sins so wallow in your sin you yeah. you filthy sinner exactly. it's an idea of you're going to turn away from your sins and you're going to start doing the things to get you away from those sins yeah and his his book is so good at that because he's bringing so much so many heavy points forward that would just make you feel awful about yourself but after you read the chapter you don't feel awful about yourself mm. you feel loved and like inspired to do something which i don't know how he wrote it that way but it's like holy crap this dude's a good writer um, I'll, I'll include links to that in our in our um absolutely in our show notes but i wanted to end um i, I wanted to end on bring a, it home on a gospel note alex okay no matter how much you mess up god can still use it for good mm-hmm. and you're still loved no matter what so to bring my guitar story full circle I screwed up and bought a guitar that I didn't have money for and like felt really convicted after it sat in my basement for a year, this beautiful guitar. I mean, it's a backup guitar, so total purchase value. I had 550 bucks invested into this and I tried selling it and selling it and I couldn't sell it. And to me, I was trying to get out of debt. So my thought is sell this crap, pay off debt. But then I read my Bible and it said, sell your things and give to the poor. And I said, well, that's not what I need to do right now. But it got to a point where I felt so convicted about it that I gave it to an auction Mm. for our church to send some kids to camp. And I had $550 invested into this thing. I tried selling it for as low as $450 and it wasn't selling. And it sold at that auction for $1,100, literally twice as much as I thought I could possibly get out of it. And that's just 
to me was a big fat example of God using our mistakes and blessing it and and using it for good. So like, I want to throw that out there. Like I don't want people to feel like crap after just buying a whole bunch of consumer goods as myself has because of cyber Monday was awesome. (laughs) Have you ever, okay, quick note. Have you ever gone out on black Friday? Um, I did this year. Oh my gosh. Yep. I went to home Depot and Menards and it was nuts. I have never, 28 years of life, never gone out on Black Friday. Like that night, you know, that right after Thanksgiving dinner and you shamefully go out. Because like, okay, bye family. I'm going to go spend money like crazy. Yeah. But. No, today, this year was my first year doing that. Well, I guess I did when I was a kid because my my cousins, they would do the whole Black Friday thing. But it's just, it's just nuts. It's chaos. It's Menards had parking in the grass all the way out on the corner. It's like, oh holy my cow. Word. I just want to buy some Christmas lights. <laughs> That's all I was trying to do. All right. So, so should we should we move on? Yeah, let's get let's get let's wrap this show up. All right. So we got a little bit of feedback and well, actually, we got a ton of feedback, but I'm only going to read two of them here. Um, Go for it. At I am Steve Austin. He says, Hi, Steve. I've had the privilege of being interviewed several places this year, but these take the cake. Here's my favorite interviews of 2017. And he lists ours. He lists the Inglorious Pastors. He was on there. He was on the Holy Heretics. He was on ours, and he was on Dark Place Pod. And he pointed out on there that he... Um, his favorite thing that he did was the sermon he actually recorded for oh, us. Oh, nice. And that doesn't, like, that's kind of a, um, lost some juices, you know, because yeah. we haven't posted any in a while. But that's one thing we love to do is we love handing our pulpit over to you. Yeah. And hearing, if you grew up in, if you grew up in Christian circles, your testimony yeah. of how you came to know Jesus, what Jesus means to you, are, um, if you want to be really cool about it, like, uh, a sermon yeah and guess what that we're totally consumers about consumerists yeah. about because we want as many of those mugs as we can get yeah you jesus juking us right now alex yes that's a full-blown <laughs> jesus juke um now anytime we have sarah fader on the show our twitter blows up <laughs> yep so which is awesome but at sarah at the sarah fader who is just on our show which we just released today so i'm all out of sorts and timing is really bad because yep. we recorded the interview last Monday. We were supposed to post on Friday, but we went and saw Jimmy Eat World, and then it got posted. So. It happens. Yeah, the timing's all jacked. But she says, I want the internet to know how much I love at Not Your Pastors Podcast, at NY Pastors, and at Jess Dunk 3. I have ordered Jess and I BFF necklaces from Etsy. <laughs> so it's sunday morning i'm editing down the podcast to post it and i hear jess upstairs on the phone i'm like who in the world is she talking to and i go upstairs and she's like in the back she's in the back kid's bedroom and i open the door like who are you talking to she's like i'm talking to sarah fader leave us alone (laughs) girl talk yeah That's great. Yeah, that's that's, that's fun. Yeah, so. to think now that we have that platform where we're we're meeting people and building relationships with people from across the country, and Sarah Fader, I think I just think it's so funny. We we had Sarah Fader on on our twenty sixth, twenty seventh podcast episode, and now she's calling your wife. Like, yeah, I think it's just funny. It's cool. No, yeah, 
And we've done that with a, a couple of different people. Yeah. It's so. like, oh, we can be in touch. Like, uh, Holly. Remember having Holly on the yeah. show? We gotta have them back on the show again. Yeah. Method Theology. Um, Boom. The theology. Yeah. She would call and talk to my wife. Like, <laughs> Nice. And then he realized my wife's a whole lot cooler than I am. And if she had a podcast, it'd be a whole lot bigger than ours. Well, what can you do, Jason? Well, we're what doing the best do? we can with what we got. We're oh, not pastors. Yeah, that's right. We're not. So, Jason, um, we're wrapping up the year, right? We're wrapping up the year. It's coming to a close. 2018 will be upon us before we know it. May 18th. Oops. December 18th. December, December 18th is going to be here a week from today. December 18th, Facebook Live, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So it's going to be a fun time. So for everybody out there who's wrapping up their Christmas shopping, they've made their purchases already. They're going to have to live with them. What's the one thing you want to tell all those people? Well, it's the same thing I always tell everybody. What? Always keep your stick on the ice. That's right. See ya, everybody.